nature and disconnect from all the stuff. And in just that fraction of time, you find that, that you become rejuvenated, that you, you find a peace that, that kind of brings you into new places. It allows you to be able to process thoughts and, and function at a level that would be impossible in the craziness that is life. And I would suggest to you that I have a, I have a theory, uh, I have a hypothesis for all of our scientists out there. I would say that, <clears throat> excuse me, my, I'm, I've been a little sick, so if my voice cracks, I'm, I'm done with puberty for real. <laughs> I've just got a kind of a hanging on of a, of a cold here. So, um, But uh, in any case, everything that we do, everything we do, we are trying to find just a little bit of peace in. If that be, uh, you know, going out and hunting, if that be going and enjoying, you know, an art exhibit or watching a play or listening to music, there's, there's something we're trying to enter into, a thing where, where we remove ourselves from our current situation and we enter into peace. And sometimes those things are good. It's hanging out with your kids or watching a good movie. Sometimes those things are destructive. Might be drinking, might be drugging, might be women or men. Might be all kinds of different things. But in all of those pursuits, we're seeking for just a moment of peace. And um, the reality is that peace is something that, that doesn't come from this world. We can find moments of peace, we can experience a taste of peace, but there's no lasting peace without Jesus, you know? It's funny hearing Roger today, you know, he was cool, he was all healed up, it was all going good, and he's going to let, you know, he's going to open up his seat for somebody else who's a mess, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and the thing is, is that... <clears throat> We're all a mess. Because the reality of life is that we don't have peace. See, but that's the one thing that God does give. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. It's one of his titles. It is who he is. Peace with God comes through God and through him only. The question that I have for you is, are you living in peace? Where in your life do you not have peace? Think about that. Where in your life right now do you not have peace? Let me give you a guarantee. If you do not have peace in areas in your life, as you look at those areas, I want to tell you one guaranteed in that, Jesus is not reigning there. Did you hear me? If you don't have peace in an area of your life, then God is not reigning in that place. Because where Jesus reigns, he is the prince of peace. And if he is reigning in every area of your life, then you can walk in perfect peace. 
And if he's not, you will not. Now, a lot of us are sitting here, a lot of times we're, we're looking at our lives and, and we deal with one of the, the, the primary issues that we as Christians deal with that robs us of peace is feelings of guilt, shame, and fear. We oftentimes, unless you were just blessed to be raised under a pew, you know, from the time you were hatched to today, uh, mama just stuck you underneath the pew or underneath the seat and, and you just lived all your little life in the confines of the community of faith. That's an awesome testimony. That is not mine. Um, and that's not most of yours, even if you did grow up in church. Because we all do things. We do things that bring destruction to ourselves and to others. We damage ourselves by our own activities. And those things that we've done, who we used to be and the things we used to do, those things hang on us like, like old rags that we can't get rid of. They just, they sit in our closets. We, we joke about having skeletons on our closets, you know. Some of us got like, like, you know, like whole cities of skeletons in our closet because of the things we've done, who we used to be. And sometimes that leads you to really destructive places. I'm going to tell you right now that probably... In my opinion, there's, with the next two weeks, we're going to deal with two major issues that limit the church. Um, the church is limited. I will tell you that. If the church was running on all eight cylinders that, of this engine that God's given us, then we would be just blowing the doors off. People, you know, you come up here, you get healed instantly. Uh, you come up here, you get delivered instantly. Jesus shows up, things change when the church is allowing for him to flow the way that he can. And the, the reason that we don't so often live there is because of these limiting factors. And the first one is this, our guilt and our shame and our fear. Because those things limit how you view yourself and limit then what you can access in God. See, 1 John says this. John writing, he says, he says, we have faith toward God if our hearts condemn us not. In other words, if your heart doesn't condemn you for what you've done, where you've gone, who you've been, if you have confidence in God, then God moves and we get what we need from him. But so many times, what limits us is our perspective of who we are. Because we believe the lie. Because we've allowed for our past to tell us who we are in our present and determine who we will be in our future. See, but God wants you today. He wants you to lay that stuff aside. 
He wants you to understand who you are in him so that you can then step into the fullness of what he's got for you right now. Because if you get this, it will rock your world and challenge you to live in ways that you never dreamed were possible before you walked in here today. So today we're going to talk about peace, but we're going to talk about it through the means of justification. Now, I know that that's a big Bible word. You know, we use these words that you don't hear anywhere else in the world. And all these people come in here and go, it's like you're speaking a foreign language. So let me unpack this a little bit. Justification is a legal term. And the focus here is our relationship to God's law. You all know the Ten Commandments? You don't have to quote them. Don't worry. This isn't like final exam. I'm not going to pick, you know, Michael David, for instance, make him recite the Ten Commandments. He's, he's now wiping his brow, thankful. Um, didn't you enjoy that? Wasn't that a great heart performance? Amen. See, but the focus is that on the law and our relationship to it. And, and we realize that that God's law declares us guilty of all the sins we've ever committed. Think about what that means. You know, I remember Gabrielle. She's my firstborn, so I pick on her the most. But I remember her being little, littler than she even is now. Just itty-bitty, two, two and a half, living in Columbus, Ohio, on Huron Avenue. And, and we're sitting there... And she shows up with a cookie. And I go, did mama give you that cookie? "Mm -hmm." (laughs) Mm-hmm. So mom said that that was fine. "Uh Uh-huh. Well, I found out later that mom didn't give her the cookie. She found a stash. And she's chewing on it. You see... (laughs) We don't have to teach our kids how to lie. We don't have to go through like training courses on how to be a good sinner. We just have natural talent. It's incredible. See, but what's amazing is that when we stand before God, all that stuff from that stolen cookie, Gabrielle, to today lays before the Lord. Our guilt is real. See, but justification means two things. It means that we are guilty, but also equally it means that we are completely forgiven. This is important because a lot of times you'll hear kind of lay theologians say, well, justification means it's just as if I never sinned. That is wrong. I want you to hear me. That is absolutely wrong. It is just as if you sinned all that you've ever sinned. All that you ever did lays naked before God, but you are completely forgiven and no longer liable for the punishment of those sins. Why? Because the punishment was already executed on Jesus. Upon the cross, he shed his blood. He 
he, and just so you all know, shedding his blood, it's not like one drop was going to work. Shedding his blood means he gave his life. He gave his life, this pure life, this completely uninhibited um, life due to sin. He's completely free. He's completely whole. And that life was taken and pays for our sin. We access the forgiveness of God through our faith in Jesus and his blood on the cross. What is justification? Is forgiveness. That's part of salvation. It's part of salvation. It's something that God does alone, and he does in response to our faith. Listen to Romans 3.28 says this in the New Living Translation. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. And the result of our faith and our justification then is peace. Therefore, Romans 5.1 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. Justification has two parts. It forgives you from past sins, but it also credits your account. A lot of times, we think that like forgiveness means it's like for all the stuff I did, and we come back to a zero balance. I'm in, I'm in terrible debt, right? I'm in this incredible deficit here on the sin balance. And so forgiveness means I go back to zero, Right? That's only part of it. See, God doesn't only just forgive you of your past in justification. He also credits you his goodness. He credits you his perfection. He declares you as righteous. Read, um, and I, I don't think you guys have this. Romans 5.17 says, for if by one man's trespass death reigned through him, speaking of Adam, then how much more will those who received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in this life through the one Jesus Christ? Look at that. I want you to notice here it says, it says God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Righteousness is a gift. You never get good enough. Can I tell you flatly that on the scale of humanity, nobody is worthy of picking up this microphone. Nobody is ever worthy to stand behind this holy desk and declare a message from God. Nobody here is so holy that, that when God uses you to pray for the sick and they're healed or to have a tongues and interpretation so that he speaks to the congregation or to have any other operation of his spirit, nobody ever is good enough. See, but God gives us the gift of righteousness. He gives us righteousness as a gift through our faith. It's not that you're so awesome. It's that he is so awesome and has given you his goodness. 
and he, he takes your, your negative balance account and he not only zeroes you out, he gives you the gift of righteousness so he says, you are righteous. He declares you holy. He literally sees you as his child. Understand this. When God sees you as his kid, he sees you as he saw Jesus. That's why scripture says that we become joint heirs with Christ. Do you realize there's only been one son of God in all forever? That he came and bled and died after living a perfect life? And yet he, in all of his wonder, in all of his greatness, in all of his divinity, he becomes a joint heir with me. Because he makes me righteous. Mm. It's not that I'm so great. It's not that I'm so wonderful. It's that he has made me pure, holy, righteous. He has made me justified. Literally, this is a legal act of God as judge. Changing, hear this. This is justification. Justification is a legal act of God changing your legal standing in his heavenly court. Justification is a legal change of status. It takes you from being guilty to being declared justified. It's like if you, if you were driving down the road really fast and you know, the one police officer we have here in Canton pulled you over and gave you a ticket, a big one, a big one. And, and um, Pastor Arlen, in his, in his tender mercies towards you, talked to the judge, and yes, you're guilty. You show up at your court date, you're standing there before the judge, you've got, you know, a $1,000 fine. I don't even know how fast you got to go to get a $1,000 fine, but it's a big one. And the judge says, you're guilty. And you're looking for your checkbook, wondering how you're going to figure this out. And the judge says, you are guilty, but your fine has been paid by Arlen Landis because he thinks a lot of you. That's justification in a very human expression of it. It is you being completely guilty and someone who loves you taking the penalty of it and paying your fine. It changes then your legal standing. Were you guilty? Yes, but the punishment's been paid. Are you following me? And with the punishment being paid, you no longer have to pay it. Justification is an instantaneous legal act of God where he considers our sins forgiven, he considers Christ's righteousness as belonging to us, and he declares us to be righteous in his sight. That's why Romans 8, 1 says this, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. There is no condemnation. 
That's why scripture says, if God be for us, who can be against us? It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've gone. It doesn't matter what they know about you. It doesn't matter what you used to be. It is not who you are. God declares you righteous. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this very clearly. I don't even think I've got this in the notes. In Revelation chapter 20, I believe, talks about the great white throne judgment that, that God brings after the second resurrection where all the people who, who don't know the Lord understand that the first resurrection, when Jesus comes for his church, he raptures the church out of this earth. That is the time when the first resurrection happens. All those that are dead in Christ shall rise. If the Bible says, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we that are alive shall meet them in the clouds with the Lord. They rise first. All the dead rise first. This is the first resurrection. See, but when you, when you see the, the, the white throne judgment in, in Revelation chapter 20, it talks about all the rest, all the people who don't know the Lord, all the people who've been lost either by, you know, by choice where they have chosen not to live for God. They will be risen up at that time and there's a white throne that the judge of eternity, God in heaven sits upon and he then lays out judgment. And it says that those who were not found in the book of life were cast into the lake of fire. Anyone know what I'm talking about? This is all in your Bible. Now, what's amazing is this. They are going to, at that second resurrection, when, they, when they're not found in the book of life, they're declared guilty and are sent to a devil's hell, a place that God never intended for man to be. A place that Jesus came and died so that nobody would have to go there. But this is the thing, and I want you to hear this very clearly. How, how free are you? How righteous are you? How justified are you? You're so justified that you will not, did you know that you will not go before the white throne? The white throne judgment is for those that will be lost. Because for every believer, and I want you to hear this very carefully, very clearly. Every believer, when you had that moment of faith and you saw Jesus Christ as Lord and you put your faith in him. And maybe you came up to an altar and bent a knee. With the solitary tears streaming down your face, you gave your heart to the Lord and you dedicated yourself to him and you repented of your sins and you asked him into your heart and, and you were saved on that day and then you were baptized and you were filled with the Holy Ghost later. All those things came to you, but they came because of the one moment that you put your faith in Jesus Christ. I want you to understand something. That in that moment in time, when you came and gave your heart to Jesus, you put your faith in him that the judge of eternity looked at you and in that moment said, justified. See, you as a believer, you don't go to the white throne because you've already got the judgment. You've already got the judgment. That judgment 
is that you're justified, that you are free, that you're no longer guilty. Isn't that cool? (laughs) So now what? We're coming to wrap this up pretty quick. Get ready. First of all, if you don't know Jesus, you're living with a death sentence over your head. There's a day coming. We don't know when it is. Where either he'll come or we'll leave this world through death. And if you didn't have God calling you just and free and forgiven then there's only one place that you can end up because you're guilty and you didn't accept the payment for your debts. And so there's going to come a point in just the next few minutes where you're going to be able to come and give your life to the Lord or talk to the person next to you and give your life to the Lord there. And God wants to meet you and he wants to pay for your sins. But for those of us who may be here right now, And maybe you've been living for God all your little life. I want you to realize something. You are living under grace. And you don't have to walk with what you've been carrying anymore. If you've been sitting here feeling guilt about things you've done, even since being a Christian... Maybe your life before the Lord was a mess. My life before the Lord was a mess. And if we ran up the total of my sins, it would be far too many to count. And I did them gladly before Jesus came into my life. Maybe that's you. Or maybe you came to the Lord and maybe since then you've made mistakes and you've broken things and you maybe broken vows or broken hearts or not been faithful to him. Whatever your situation is, I want you to hear me very clearly right now. If you are walking around with guilt and shame and fear in your life, then you are living below where God wants you. And you are living exactly where the enemy wants you to. Because he wants you to see yourself as weak and lowly and nothing. I've got news for you. I am not a sinner. I am a saint. That's what the Bible calls me. I didn't earn it. I'm not good enough for anything. I still fit in the sinner qualification if you want to look at just life. But that's not how God sees me. He looks at me through the eyes of of mercy because he knows that I have the blood of Jesus Christ covering my life. He knows that I have been set free by Calvary's cross. And I don't live in shame, not because I don't do things sometimes that I feel badly about, but because I know my Redeemer lives. 
And there are people across this room right now that you've been battling with depression and you've been battling with fear and you've been battling with guilt and shame and all of those things. I'm telling you right now, if you have depression, I almost guarantee you that the root of it is guilt and shame. And it's only because you have believed that that is who you are. Because it's what I did, because it's where I've been, it's who I am. That is a lie. You are not what you used to be. Behold, all things are made new. All things have passed away. Behold, all things, all things. Everybody say all things. All things have been made new. It's not some of the things. It's not the things you feel good about. It's not the things where you think it's okay to forgive. It's everything. All of it has been forgiven. And it's time. It's time for you. It's time for you. It's time for you to stand up and say, you know what? I'm not going to carry around this guilt and shame anymore. I am going to forgive myself because he forgave me. It's time to be free. So right now, I want us to stand. If you've been dealing with guilt and shame, if you're suffering from depression, I want you to come. I want you to come. I don't want you to be afraid anymore. I don't want you to be ashamed anymore. It's time. It's time to come and get it. The only reason I want you to come is because I, I want us to pray for you. Everybody. You know what? If everybody comes who's supposed to come, three quarters of this church will be up in this altar. Stop acting like you're so holy and you're so together and get your butt up here. The day that we stop pretending... And hiding it behind veneers is the day that God breaks through and transforms where we're living. It's time. The band's going to sing and we're going to pray for folks and God's going to set those free that are up here. And if you need healing, come on. Elders, come on up. Just be ready to heal and just pray for folks. But come on. It's time. Aren't you tired of where you've been living? Yes. Aren't you tired of dealing with the shame and the guilt and all the junk? It's time. It's time. Come on. I have what you need.